and welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Gavin. Oh, all right. Kind of uh, old school movie trailer voice, Gavin. Oh, yeah. I was doing more villainous, uh, Gavin. But that, yeah. Old, was yeah, it Dan yeah. Fontaine? Was that the guy's name, yeah. I think? AJ Ricciardi and Gavin Kelly in the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I like that. I like that. In a world without justice. Only two men can save society. One has amazing hair. The other, a lead leg roundhouse kick of death. <laughs> I right. love it. You have the nice hair, by the way. That's you. Oh, I thought that was my kick you were no, talking about. No, sorry. You have the nice hair today. It's all slicked back and looking good. However, I will say this. For me, my outfit today, you probably can't see because of my mic, but I've got the Bruce Lee beanie, right? So I've got real Bruce Lee on top and then... Mm-hmm. Ooh. The Bruce Lie t-shirt, so fake Very Bruce nice. Lie uh, down below. 36 styles, check them out. Uh, awesome gear, some awesome Ho-Chung Tao stuff, a.k.a. Bruce Lie. One of my all-time favorite kung fu movie actors and the best of the Bruceploitation genre. But we're already getting sidetracked, but that's our usual. How are you today, good sir? I'm doing quite well. Excited to to talk about this this. Uh I won't say subgenre, but yet another another opening into the martial arts world, yeah. and yet from yet another region and style of filmmaking. Something we've been talking about for a while, and I picked this one because I thought it'd be a great first entry, as I mentioned to Gavin. Uh, not necessarily the best of all time in terms of this genre, but a very good first entry for us to discuss on this particular podcast. And we will get to that shortly. But anywho, what's new, my man? Well, I, it was uh, it was a very interesting week for martial arts. I was uh, I was attending a live YouTube stream, and I was leaving a comment. And then, as I'm leaving the comment on this live YouTube stream, I'm getting a text from none other than AJ Ricciardi. Well, and it I, turns out we were. <laughs> I actually commented back in the stream, and then yes. I thought, wait a minute, I better check that, make sure there's not another G Kelly around. And I was like, that is you, isn't it? And you're like, yes. I was just about to text you. Yes, we were both watching the live stream of the Viking Samurai and the Kung Fu Genius together because Gavin obviously probably was able to sneak away for a little bit at work. And I am currently fun employed, so I had plenty of time to sit down and watch it live. But uh, it was a very interesting discussion. Yes, I, I think your comment was, uh, I think we both need to find get a life. Yes. <laughs> But then again, this is the life we would find. We would seek and find this life. Yeah, what life is better than this, baby? Talking martial arts movies, talking kung fu, talking nerdiness. Uh, It doesn't get better than that. And yeah, so in case people didn't notice, we did drop this week's episode on Wednesday. That's going to be our new day. We're trying it out. So far, the results have been fantastic. Uh, Our Bushido episode has been pretty popular. So thank you for the support. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great texts about it. A lot of people uh, loved our list and then also gave me some of their entries. Uh, Oh, I'd love to hear that. Well, you know which one was on my honorable mentions that I think I forgot to, to say, though, was Ghost Dog. Oh, how do we both? That's basically the and alpha and omega of Bushido it's, it's movies. It's literally written on my honorable <laughs> mentions and for some reason forgot to say it. And it was uh, Topher, our friend Topher, the other Wing Chun guy in Florida, oh. who mentioned that to me. And then another one he had mentioned was Shorinji Kempo, which we mm-hmm. did a whole episode on. And I almost felt like was kind of cheating just because I, I we've done the episode on it. And obviously it was a huge influential movie for me and my martial arts training and how I did Shorinji Kempo for years. But I think it would have been an amazing choice. But he threw out both of those and they're great. Oh, 
some, are... o- some other people like threw out theirs. I'm like, ooh, like we need to watch that one. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, that's that, that Topher, great, great double selection there. But it's funny because every time uh, the Ghost Dog soundtrack comes on my phone, which is, uh, I have to say, quite often, it's usually when I'm taking a walk, I'm like, oh, I got to tell AJ, we, we need to talk about this film. But then I, I don't want to like bother with my phone because I'm just enjoying the soundtrack too much. Yeah. And so for, yes. what did Rizza do the entire soundtrack or he did indeed. Yes. Wow. Yeah. He's a talented dude. Wu-Tang Clan. I got really into Wu-Tang Clan during the pandemic. Like we're talking 2020 at the beginning of it, because obviously everyone knows the Wu-Tang Clan. Everyone knows the Rizza. But I was like, you know what? I am obviously a huge Shaw Brothers fan like they are the old school Kung Fu. I need to get more into their music from a lyrical standpoint, from the connection to Kung Fu movies, like really kind of deep dive more what they were about. So I started listening to them a lot during the pandemic, uh, which was cool. Uh, I still have not watched the the Hulu documentary series, but uh, yeah, because I mean, over the years, I've come to appreciate rap as a form of art a lot more than like, like growing up, obviously there was the mainstream stuff. And I grew up in the era of Eminem, like when he was huge, like, oh, that was me in middle school and, you know, high school for I, pretty much. And, uh, like, I'm mean, well, 50 cent, like came out in high school, you know, like the mainstream stuff was always there, but then rap is just, I didn't grow up listening like, to rap. I mean, I grew like up young like, MC, vanilla ice, <laughs> MC hammer. Well, okay. Now hammer, Hammer. I Hammer, was all about. He, I was about four or five when Hammer was huge in the early. Can 90s. I just say, like the Hammer uh, performance on Saturday Night Live represented one of the most. I don't know how else to say this. Mega hip hop experiences of U.S. television of all time. Phenomenal a, dancer. I, and I don't. Th- I'm not sure if I've seen that particular one, but I've seen him on Arsenio. Uh, like where I'm like, what? The, he was so. He wasn't just. A, a dancer. He was the dancer. And the interesting part is I've seen him because I guess I follow MC Hammer on social media. I've seen him repost like current dance groups, like redoing mm-hmm. some of his songs and dances. And you could just see how ahead of his time he was, too, with his moves. That being said, I did have a pair of kind of what we called crazy pants, which were pretty much like hammer pants. And yes. I did love the MC Hammer cartoon. People forgot about hammer. that. It was hammer with, man. With, the, hammer. with the magic shoes. And then he put on the magic shoes and got special powers yeah. and stuff. Got to love MC Hammer. But yeah, otherwise, uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten like more into rap. The first album that I was really into came out in high school, The Doctor's Advocate by The Game. And then from there, I've kind of learned to appreciate rap a lot more. I, I honestly can say that I'm not really a fan of anything current, but uh, I really appreciate kind of the history and the stylistic choices. And then like kind of even hearing the difference between East Coast and West Coast. Once again, I am not a rap uh, genre expert, but I love to learn about new things. And we've kind of gone on a tangent, but that was a cool one. So once again, well, thank this you. Tangent, yeah. this, t- this tangent is Topher's fault. Yes. Thanks, buddy. Uh, anywho. Awesome. Cool. So uh, let's discuss martial arts movie news. Do you have anything to? I have I have martial arts news worthy of noting, but not martial arts movie news. That's okay. That counts. Uh, the the record-setting champion Hakuho uh, retired, I believe, yesterday from sumo. Okay. Uh, That's very significant. It is, it, is, it, is, it is very significant. And it appeared on my Twitter because uh, Sumo Digest or Sumo Daily had retweeted a photo of uh, Steven Seagal attending the ceremony. And usually at these ceremonies, that's where, uh, you know, after the after the day of sumo wrestling, uh, they'll come out, have a have a special ceremony where they uh, where they uh, cut off the top knot. And so his top knot was cut last did, night. Did, see, did Steven Seagal cut it off? 
I don't know. That's said that the, that was one of the comments. Steven Seagal's probably there to, to, to cut off the top knot, but, uh, it, it was, uh, he, he is the record setting champion. There were a few, uh, others along the way that, I, that, I mean, but the records that he set were date back decades, decades. How old was he? Uh, well, I'm just saying that he wasn't that. Oh, oh I get you. I get you. The records yeah, yeah. that he broke had been in place yes. for decades. Okay. Yeah, he's a hundred. He was 103. No. Wow. How but do you anyway, maintain that-, that body mass index at 103? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is interesting. So how often have you ever seen, uh, someone in their nineties or even a hundred plus that is like large sized? I. I'm sure. I'm sure. But can, I, I don't can know. you remember any? I can't. Because every time you like, I just saw today someone sent me, I can't remember who sent, oh, Jessica sent me this video of this 104-year-old. They're interviewing her. And like, she has her drink and they're like, well, what's that? She's like, this is Dr. Pepper. I drink three Dr. Peppers a day. And they're like, really? Why is that? Well, it's, it's got good sugar in it. And the doctors told me that if I drink this, I'd die. And I outlived all of them. Long story short, she was a very like tiny, frail lady, right? You think anybody that's that old, it's tiny and frail. I think it'd be badass if you just had a sumo still that size at 104 years old. Uh, Well, that's I'd be I'd be interested to. I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole for a future week to kind of just look into like some retired sumo wrestlers and see what they did afterwards. I, I I remember getting going down a rabbit hole. Uh, once on Olympic athletes and how they shifted gears once they retired. And I think Carl Lewis, the big American uh, track 100 meter runner from the eighties and early nineties created a, like a retirement program to help people who were in an, in any form of sports to wind down and adjust their diets and everything to a post-professional career. Yeah, like Diamond Dallas Page with DDP yeah, oh, yoga. Exactly. And yeah. I'm, I'm 100% serious. It's like amazing. Yeah. He's created this great form of yoga, which especially for wrestlers to help, you know, stay active, recover, stay in good shape. That's what people forget. Like yoga when done properly is a really good workout. Hence why this week I did five hot wow. yoga classes. That's the thing. When I'm fun employed, I make the most of my time. So <laughs> I I went to five hot yoga classes this week on top of my other training. Uh, it was also an unloading week from weightlifting. So there was no strength mm-hmm. training going on this week. So I had extra time for hot yoga. So nice. uh, I feel great, man. I feel now, nimble. I feel loose. Well, I was going to say, uh, shifting back to martial art movie news, mm-hmm. I think you texted me about some very big uh, nominations, and I wanted to give you the the platform to discuss those hint Oscars. We already talked about the Oscars last week, didn't we? I don't think we did. Really, we, we talked about Golden Globes. Did we oh. talk about it? Oh, was the Oscars? I feel nominations? like we were talking. I think. I think now oh. in fun employees, it, it was on Monday that it was, it was this week. All right, who cares? Let's bring it up again. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The greatest film from 2022 is nominated for 11 Academy Awards, including four acting awards. That's right. Michelle Yeoh is up for Best Actress in mm-hmm. the Academy Awards. Jonathan Kihu Kwan is up for Best Supporting Actor in the Academy Awards. And then we have two nominations in the Best Supporting Actress category. That's right. Both Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie. uh, So she has the like 
the Taiwanese spelling of uh, of a Mandarin last name. So let me look up the pinyin. Uh, okay, so Xu. So I guess it'd be Stephanie Xu is also nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And then on top of that, they have a plethora of other ones. The Daniels are nominated for Best Actors, mm-hmm. nominated for Best Picture. So that is incredible. Uh, this is going to be the first year that I actually go out of my way to watch the Oscars. I can't remember the last time I watched them all the way through, but I've already uh, arranged where I'm watching them. We're going to have a nice Great. Oscar party. And the best part is the supporting actors are always at the beginning. So, yes. uh, and I, I think I think it's great. And I, I think it's great that Jamie Lee Curtis is nominated because she is kind of really, I think a lot of people didn't even realize it was her. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's surprising how I don't know, like how it just didn't catch on that it was her, and like what 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 a spectacular performance and screened. It. Ah, sorry, I'm like I got someone was knocking on the door, but basically to have both Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh in 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 multiple scenes together and playing off of each other in at least three different ways, if not yeah. four different ways yeah. in the film, it Based just off it of the, really the shows yeah. their, their range, their depth and how they just connected within each uh, rendition of their character that they were playing. Really, really, it was really a pleasure to view. Yeah. So I thought we had already mentioned that. So now that makes my one bit of martial arts movie news a lot less significant, but the, so one of my favorite current kickboxers excuse me mr rico verhoeven the king Mm -hmm. of kickboxing the heavyweight glory champion he's been the champion now for god how many years what is it 2023 has it been almost 10 years now he's been undefeated so a couple years back on joe rogan he was talking about how he wanted to get an act into acting and how he was preparing for his first role this was back in like 2000 i want to say 18 or 19 so this project's been in the works for a while obviously the pandemic happened that probably put a uh kind of a roadblock in the way of it but he was talking about oh yeah you know my first movie is going to be different not just a fighting movie you know uh it's going to be uh like i'm a former black ops black ops soldier and you know Uh and when first hearing it i'm like oh great you know it's like like we haven't seen that before and so my initial thing was like all right i'm a huge rico fan i'm gonna watch it but it's probably like you know gonna be just it just felt like cheesy and hokey for me Anywho, I didn't even know that they had actually like started working on it, let alone finish it. So he drops the trailer for it yesterday on his Instagram. Now, this could be biased because I'm such a fan of his as a fighter, but I think it it definitely looks a million times better than I expected. And I think it looks entertaining, especially because Frank Grillo is the bad guy. Oh, and I, it, it definitely, I was wondering yeah. you know, after last year with him being in, I think, somewhere between five and 100 films where he was in yeah. 2023. So now we're going <laughs> to now we, I was literally walking because I walked past Bulletproof Coffee uh-huh. Upgrade Cafe where I'd once seen him. And I was just thinking, oh, what, what's he doing these days? Because, you know, we've seen a decent amount of celebrities there. We have. So you've seen Frank Grillo. We've seen Don did, Cheadle. Yes. Yes. Uh, not Don Cheadle. Oh, my you, gosh. Tim Meadows. Why the hell did I mix, mix up those two? <laughs> totally different. Uh, I'd love to see Don Cheadle, though. That'd be great. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's how you know I'm tired. I have trained twice today. Hot yoga and, and he's boxing. done fi- hot yoga five times. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, and then we r- uh, ran into John Hackleman. 
uh, yes. together. And then maybe you've seen other people. But anywho, so yeah, the trailer drops and it definitely looks like Rico has put a lot of time into his acting. Like once again, it doesn't necessarily look like his range is going to be huge, but it doesn't have to be for this kind of character. It is the plot he basically said, but I definitely like the way it's going. It's got a taken aspect to it. No big deal. We've seen it a million times. So once again, some of the initial thoughts I have had of like, oh, we've seen this before, but it looks like they're at least... They, it, it, it definitely looks like it has a good production value. Now, what the budget is, I'm not sure, but it looks like they made the most of it. The fight Great. scenes, I don't know. They look hard-hitting and kind of cool, but that, that just could be a great trailer editing uh, job done. I don't know. Either which way, I'm excited to check it out. It looks like Rico Verhoeven put the effort in, not only with the acting, but also his uh, accent seems a lot more neutral. Now, he's from okay. Holland and speaks really good English, even you go back to that Joe Rogan interview a couple years ago. But he has, you know, a Dutch accent. But it looks like it's kind of a lot more mellow. He has a cool look to him. He, like, grew out a beard and he kind of looks a little more grizzled, or, you know, like I'm an ex-soldier. So, uh, hopefully it doesn't disappoint and we may have ourselves, he would be a great action star just because he's huge, he's muscular and he's got incredible martial arts skills. So if he could segue into a film career, I'd love it. He would be a throwback to like the old school eighties guys. I love that. Yeah. I look for, I'm going to check out the trailer after, as soon as uh, we're done. Yeah, recording. I'll send it to you. Oh, I'll tell you, you don't, you're never on the Instagram. So I'm not, I'll try to find it. One well. of these days yeah. I might be back. So anyways, it's called black Lotus. Black Lotus. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's get going because we yeah. are on a bit of a time crunch today. Do you have some movie quotes for me? I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you with one. I think we've done all the damage we could here. Want to go blow up something in LA? Drive with Mark Dacascos? No. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Yes. I thought I thought I'd just like give you a Woo! medium to very hard one. That was right off the bat. I don't know how. I haven't watched that in years, to be honest with you. I've been waiting because there's been a few different Blu-ray re-releases of it. And I keep like right as soon as I'm about to decide on one, I feel like a new one pops up with more special features. And I keep waiting to pull the trigger. I just need to go buy it. But yeah. I love that film. It's been years since I've watched it. But I just remember th- that ending uh, bit with uh, Kadeem. Hardison, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that's where the quotes who who, yeah. who uttered the quote. You know, it's funny because like obviously I try to find a way to make these quotes relate to the film we're discussing. And for me, this was a drive is sort of like a I don't want to say genre bending, but uh. like an immersive experience, which is what we're kind of going to discuss today. And we've talked about the most underrated martial arts movies and stuff of all time. This is this might be the most underrated one, like up there with Blood Moon and other genre films from the 90s. But this one was just it's crazy how much it flew under the radar. And I was just jokingly talking with my friend Tiger about uh, us going on a, a rant and like, why did Mark DeCosco's get bigger and this is another example of like how is this movie not better uh, bigger i mean it had some kind of a-list actors in it including britney murphy uh, i know i was gonna pull a quote from her character but it wasn't (laughs) as good as this one yeah uh but yeah it's just how was that movie not way bigger it was just so good but that's the discussion i will say it's it's definitely a time capsule film but also timeless it's just so well done if 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 our listeners haven't seen it I would recommend getting your hands on a drive with Mark Costco's. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now time to discuss the movie we are talking about today. Are you ready, my man? Bring it on. Today, we are talking about the Bollywood action picture, 
Baghi from 2016, directed by Sabir Khan, written by Sanjeev Dada, starring the one and only Tiger Shroff, as well mm-hmm. as Shraddha Kapoor and Sudhir Babu, as well as a bunch of others. And once again, my apologies if I butcher any names today. I'm trying my best. Uh, and later on, if people want to comment and help me out with the pronunciation, I'd love it. But yeah, so I've mentioned it briefly before. I've even posted on Instagram a bit. I'm a massive Bollywood film fan. I've always had an interest in it ever since I can remember the first time I was, it was when I was a kid. I was at my grandma's house in Oakland. We spent a lot of time there as a kid. Eventually, there's a cottage in the back. It used to be my grandpa's like cottage hangout workshop. We had an old TV back there. Uh, and, I remember, you know, the kind you would adjust the antennas, hit it, get random stations. So keep in mind, I'm in the Bay Area and we picked up a random like maybe UHF type channel. And it was just like this Bollywood, like old Bollywood movie with the singing and dancing. And everyone's mm-hmm. like laughing me and the, the other kids there. My grandma used to babysit a lot of kids. And I just remember watching it like, this is really cool. Like, I don't know why I liked it so much. And then as I got older, you know, keep in mind. Middle school, high school, this is the pre-streaming era. There was no reason for me to really be exposed to these films. And the first, and I didn't even know that there was like action Bollywood movies, but the first one I truly watched was back in, it was either 2009, 2010, when they had just started streaming movies on Netflix. And this movie pops up called Doom 2. Mm -hmm. And I watched it. And was just immediately hooked. And ever since then, and so keep in mind, like 12 years later or 13 years later, almost, I am still all about Bollywood. I love the action films, but I also love the romance ones. But I don't really have necessarily the time because they're usually quite long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if it's a non-action one, I just unfortunately these days don't have that the time to sit down and watch it because I try to watch ones that are more relevant to what we discuss and you know the action genre martial arts genre but yeah ever since doom 2 doom machale doom machale uh i've been hooked and the reason i picked this one was because it is the closest thing i've ever seen to like an authentic bollywood kung fu movie or like gong fu piano what i mean by mm-hmm. that is Now, there's been a ton of Bollywood movies, you know, since the 70s and 80s that were like, quote unquote, martial arts like or have martial arts sequences in them. Or even, for example, in recent years, there's been ones like in 2015, Bruce Lee, the fighter, which is about a stuntman Uh that goes by Bruce Lee. I watched one in 2021 called The Kung Fu Master, which has a very kind of, you know, it's all about, if I recall, like Wing Chun and Kung Fu and stuff. But a lot of these films, it, it was more like they were trying but then didn't really quite capture the same sort of storyline, the same sort of structure, the same sort of genre expectations that a traditional Kung Fu movie would. Now, this film we're talking about today, Baggy, stars one of the biggest Bollywood stars of right now. This is one of his early films, his second big starring role, and that's Tiger Shroff, who is a phenomenal martial artist. A little bit hard, and dancer, of course, a little bit hard to get like a full background on his martial arts, but he's obviously very high level in Taekwondo. I do know Mm -hmm. that he was awarded an honorary fifth degree black belt, which means he's probably a legitimate black belt on his own. And I remember a long time ago reading that, you know, he did some sort of competitive Taekwondo and you can tell by the way he moves that that makes sense. But he's also obviously a trained gymnast with how bendy he is and his acrobatic abilities. And we'll definitely get to a little bit of that later uh yeah so 
the reason why this film succeeds where maybe others didn't is the fact that it's not even trying to do kung fu. It is instead focused around the traditional ancient Indian martial art of Kalari Payatu. Uh, I, I I will say that the 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 story that his master shares right is so it, th- so this this is not a new genre to me. Uh, but I actually feel like I came away learning a lot or wanting to research more myself. So I'm, I'm very curious about what you're, what you're about to share, because this was brand new territory for me. So you're talking about the whole idea of, you know, the, uh, Bodhidharma going to China, going to the Shaolin temple now. Yeah. This is uh, what, so anybody that grew up in the pre-internet era and had books <laughs> and, you know, was into martial arts, has heard this story. Has heard the story that all martial arts come from China and Shaolin, which really, mm-hmm. in retrospect, I mean, nowadays and after research and just kind of common sense doesn't really make too much sense because Chinese battlefield arts and martial arts and even wrestling, Shui Jiao, there's documentation stuff from like literally like thousands of years before Shaolin. So it doesn't really make sense that Shaolin is the birthplace of all martial arts, let alone all martial arts in Asia. Even in uh, one of the films I discussed from last week, uh, The Strongest Karate, a.k.a. Fighting Black Kings, they talk about how mm-hmm. karate came from Shaolin. They also talk about how Muay Thai, except for they call it Moen Thai, came from mm-hmm. Shaolin, which is totally not true. So mm-hmm. – there's a lot of apocryphal tales in the world of martial arts folklore that's been passed down from generation to generation. It's convenient. It's sometimes very intriguing and a beautiful storyline. But in the, the Kung Fu genius has talked about this on his podcast as well. I, I don't know how much legitimacy is to that claim. That being said, there is the documentation of Kalari Payatu being thousands of years old, like 2,000 years old in an ancient art of India. And for today's episode, we are going to use the shortened term of Kalari. It's just easier for pronunciation purposes. And uh, for example, I was watching an old documentary from the early 80s uh, to do research on Kalari, and even the masters were calling it Kalari. So we're just going to call it Kalari today. Uh, there's a lot of documentation on it. And even some of my friends that are martial arts historians have talked about how, you know, just like with Kung Fu in China, there's multiple styles from different regions. But from what I've gathered, like Southern India is where Kalari is really kind of the birthplace of it, a battlefield art. Now, there are a lot of similarities between the Indian martial art of Kalari and like Chinese martial arts. There's a lot of healing arts that go with that. But I think that just comes from a common uh, you know, growth of society in the sense of mm-hmm. like, okay, there was warriors, there was healers. A lot of times they went hand in hand. And even when you watch Kalari movements and stuff, and even in this film, you see a lot of it kind of, there's elements that look like Wushu. We even saw Kalari featured in uh, the Jackie Chan one, The, the Myth. Myth. Yes. 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 Uh, Jinx. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you owe me a, a Coke Zero. That's what and I if want. I can't get it, I don't talk the rest of the podcast. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah, uh, in the myth, they had a lot of it, uh, and so it, it kind of has wushu esque elements to it. Uh, there's some unique weaponry, like the the flexible sword that we see in this one. So, and there's a lot of ancient writing on it. So the legitimacy of Kalari is not being disputed now. Whether it is the birth art of Shaolin. 
I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's enough evidence to show that that isn't the case. But the art of Kalari is very interesting, is very beautiful. And even a lot of the movements in it, the calisthenics, and I can't speak to the authenticity of everything done in this particular film, but you see very similar movements from yoga. Like, you know, someone that does yoga a lot, I'm like, oh, wow, I've done, that's a compression pose I do. And I've, I've you know, or slight variations of this and that. So once again, it, it can be this overall ancient art of fighting, healing, exercising that's just evolved over time. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of nations that unfortunately were, you know, conquered or victims of, you know, imperialism or, you know, like the British Empire, a lot of times ancient fighting arts were subdued because they don't want people to uprise. So, you know, even within India, it was supposedly done in like smaller circles on the down low. I mean, we've heard these kind of tales a lot, like with the birth of capoeira being the same thing, slaves taking African martial arts and hiding it, music and dance. So, it you know, it wasn't until the 20th century that there was kind of, I believe, this resurgence of it. Uh, but yeah, so Kalari, the ancient art, uh, martial art of India, it has a lot of dynamic kicking and jumping and stretching and beautiful movements and sword play and stick fighting and shield fighting because obviously start off as a battlefield art a lot of deep stances if anything it looks very similar to northern style martial arts nothing like southern style but like northern style martial arts if you watch like a form of kalari with a you know i don't know uh any sort of maybe northern like uh, I'm drawing a blank on names, like uh, maybe a long fist form. I don't know. They kind of have similar attributes to them. So this film focuses on the art of Kalari. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. So in so that, because what it does is it takes the framework of like a Kung Fu movie, classic storyline, young rebel, already good with martial arts, kind of like, a, you know, Wong Fei Hung and Jackie Chan's drunken master. He's already very skilled martial artist, but he's young. He's a rebel. He's undisciplined. And he's, uh-huh. he's sent by his father, just like in Drunken Master, to go to what would be almost like an uncle, like Sam the Seed. But exactly. uh, his father's military buddy, because uh, his father is at this point dead and sends a letter to his old military buddy, who's the head of this Kalari school a kalari grandmaster who's played by mr shifuji sharia bardwaj who i went down a rabbit hole on his background and that could be a whole episode on this guy because i believe even the shifuji might be uh a stylistic version of shifu uh mm-hmm. that, added yeah, on to his name but long story short, he's apparently a Kalari expert, as, as well as being like he trained special elite soldiers. There was accusations of stolen valor against him. Yet when uh-huh. you watch him in this film, it can't be denied that he has incredible physical capabilities. Well, yeah, no, I mean, uh, there are a couple of places in this film where there there is some wire work done. But even even in the few scenes that might have some wire work with him, my goodness, it's yeah. it. Hey, what? I would almost I would almost venture out to say that watching his training sequences and also I was going to pull a quote from him for the the quote segment it just the way he delivers lines yeah. so everything he just he brings so much gravitas and beauty to the screen I agree he's a great like shifu master role so anyways 
Tiger Shroff, our, our leading actor, plays Ronnie. He actually goes by Ronnie, uh, Ron Veer Singh, but he goes by Ronnie. He's a young rebel sent to this Kalari school by his dad to give him some discipline because on his deathbed, he's worried that his son is, you know, going to be this reckless rebel, right? Because I believe Bagi actually means rebel. And so mm-hmm. he's sent to this Kalari school, totally undisciplined. He likes to party. He likes to drink. Uh, and along the way, he meets a beautiful young girl named Sia, played by Shadha uh, Kapoor. Uh, and she's an aspiring actress with an absolutely terrible father who's a total sleazebag con man. Uh, and when they first meet, the son of our Kalari master, uh, Raghav, played by Sudhir Babu, also sees her for the first time. So they're both infatuated with her, but they don't realize it at first. So anyways, Ronnie is sent to the school. He's an undisciplined delinquent. And eventually, the master, the guru, so Guru Swami is also what he's called. So, uh, you know, takes him aside, gets him some discipline. He devotes himself. He becomes a Kalari expert. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, pretty much, the love that both Ronnie and the master's son, Raghav, have for Sia comes to a boiling point. So much so that... It almost ignites. Aha, yes, very good. Uh, there's actually a scene with gasoline. Uh, that Raghav kills his own father and attempt, attempts to kill like Ronnie pretty much and then kidnaps Sia. Uh, so the, the, I will say there's a point in the film up until he commits patricide with uh, some kind of poison uh, that Raga isn't coming across as anything necessarily antagonistic other Agreed. than being a little bit of a prodigal son who's really good at martial arts. And then that happens. And he has like a legitimate love for his dad, which is so weird. Like he still insists on doing all the traditional bows to him and feeding him from his hand. And, he, and he, you know, his father says to him, you are not uh, a little boy anymore. Pretty much. You should not feed me. But he's like, Oh, I'll always be your little boy. It's like they're, they have this loving relationship, but then we find out he's just a psychopath. Also on top yeah. of that, has no problem killing his dad you know, f- trying to kind of, you know, and then kidnapping Sia later on. Sia's own dad would rather have Rogoff be with his daughter because he offers him a bunch of money, even though he runs off with his daughter. He mm-hmm. tries to frame Ronnie for like being the scumbag, breaks up Ronnie and Sia. And it isn't until much later on down the line when Rogoff kidnaps because he finds Sia, kidnaps her, that Ronnie has to go rescue her, even though he like has a lot of hatred for her now because he thinks that she abandoned him uh so anyways it's getting a little convoluted but if you it, watch it, it, it you'll get it yeah and it's it's it sounds a little convoluted it also sounds a little like oh this is heavy yeah i will say that this movie the first half of the film is entirely fun and you were talking about drunken master it actually kind of reminded me of young master and dragon lord oh we're, well we're a gonna little... we're gonna get to all the direct martial arts references okay because yeah. there are so many but so it's like many. It's like a light, fun film, highly enjoyable. And then not only that, it, there's some great, you know, dance sequences, of yep. course, great singing sequences, a little auto-tuned, but I think that's the style. Very much the style. Yes. And we'll get so, into that as well. But like you, before I forget, you nailed it. The first half of the movie is definitely a kind of traditional Bollywood setup with a Kung Fu movie type framework. The yes. second half takes a complete turn and yeah, turns- they, 
more into like a darker kind of action film with yes. the last act being like straight up martial arts film. Yeah, straight. So it, it, go, it goes from happy-go-lucky to some darkness. Okay, Patricide is dark. Uh, threatening to like burn people up with gasoline. Even saying that, it comes across more dark than it actually appears on screen. And then it gets like kind of... Uh, very dark mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, okay, they're, they're, he's he's the good guy. Yes, and for those watching this, you know, listening to this episode and then going to watch it. By the way, the film's on Netflix. Very easy to uh, watch. Uh, you, you, the first half of the movie, you're not getting too much martial arts action per se. Mm-hmm. Then the second half comes and then you finally get a little bit and you still may be thinking, oh, what the heck, AJ, Gavin, there's barely any martial arts. No, the final act of the film. So we'll say like the final third is like mm-hmm. all martial arts stuff, including a 20 minute hardcore nonstop martial arts finale. So there's a ton of martial arts in this film. It's just primarily in the second act like our first big fight scene really isn't until i believe and there's some kind of training sequences that has stuff which are great to watch but the first big fight sequence i believe is around the 45 minute mark so Mm -hmm. of a two-hour movie so you're waiting a little while but once it gets going it gets going yeah so once again we rush through the plot there's a lot of you know little intricate details that we skipped over but you'll just need to watch it i just want to give a basic premise because let's go ahead and talk directly about why we feel like this is a Kung Fu movie. So we already mentioned the setup. He's a young rebel uh, that already knows martial arts. He's always really, already really good, very cocky, very full of himself. And then his dad sends him to this Kalari school. At first, he's reluctant to learn and he doesn't want to. And all they have him is doing chores and this mm-hmm. and that. And there's our first direct, like one of our first direct references in the fact that it's like the Karate Kid. He doesn't know he's been learning martial arts this whole time. Right. All of his chores he's been doing has been muscle memory, which the master then shows him. He's like, you've been learning since the day you got here. And then he goes to punch him and he blocks it. Oh, that's the, the the technique I was doing here. Then he goes to kick him and he blocks it with his foot. Oh, that's the technique I was using to do this chore. And it's directly ripped off from the Karate Kid. Also, within his cleaning chores, we have a direct reference to Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, where yes. the one they're putting the like white powder on their feet and walking across the floor, and he's trying to clean it up as they go. Directly ripped off from Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. I actually wrote every single uh, reference that I could find. So pretty much within the training sequences, that's the main one. It's very Karate Kid-esque. It's very Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. It, it, uh, it feels. It also feels like when he's walking through through the through the school, it feels a little Gordon Liu-esque as okay. well. Okay, Any I can one definitely. Of those Thirty-six yeah, chamber. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. I, know, I see it. It's like it's every and like I like I said for me, there's a little young master dragon's lord, you know, early Jackie Chan, lighthearted kind of martial arty yes. film going on in the beginning as well. I can see definitely some dragon lord esque yeah. type things, even when they're throwing down the melons to him and he's got to throw yes. him in the basket. Very kind of more That's sports exactly related. That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. So I definitely I like that. I like that a lot. So and then once again, he realizes he's actually been getting trained this whole time. He decides to like clean up his act. He's not drinking anymore. Devote himself to both Sia, his you know now like pretty much girlfriend, and the master. And we have a great training sequence which shows him evolving as a martial artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, becoming very close with uh, his master, his guru. And that's the funny part. Like you mentioned, the son, who's the evil antagonist, Ragov, is watching him this whole time and gives him praise. Like you are going to be a champion one day. Very good. Like, uh, and that's one thing. Ragov's accent is pretty heavy uh the actress would hear babu and 
lots of the times when he's speaking English, the subtitles aren't there because they're supposedly not needed. There, I did have, I did struggle sometimes understanding exactly what he was saying. But uh, yeah, but he himself, uh, the Rogov character is like the champion martial artist, right? He is his father's greatest protege. And the interesting part is Sudhir Babu, it was actually a world-class badminton player because I'm watching him. As you're watching him in the mm-hmm. film, first of all, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of amazing physiques in Bollywood. Tiger Shroff, our lead actor, has like one of the most incredible ones, in my opinion, currently. And in this film, still really good. But in my opinion, he would be, and probably people disagree with me, and I'm no expert, but he would be what we say called natty, natural. I don't believe he's on steroids. He has just an incredible physique, but looks very obtainable. Now, Sudhir, on the other hand, might have some pharmaceutical medications that he takes. He might be, he might be using a little edge to catch up. First of all, he is massive and just, he has that extremely hard, firm look with insane vascularity at all times in his pec and shoulders. And he has those kind of abs that just, he looks like competition ready at all times, which is why I think he might, be juicing a little bit. I'm no expert, but as opposed to Tiger Shroff's physique here. Now, once again, currently, I don't know, uh, maybe later on Tiger, because Tiger did get more jacked as, as his career progressed. This was 2016. But in my opinion, he looks very natural here, just mm-hmm. in extremely good shape. But Sudhir was, so he was a world-class like champion badminton player, which would explain his incredible athletic abilities. Because when you're watching his fight scenes, like you mentioned, there's a little bit of wire assistance with him, but I actually wrote down some of the stuff he does that can't be faked and is not done with wires. He does like an incredible jump split kick. He does an an amazing tornado kick. He does a cartwheel, like a no-hand cartwheel kick. All these done without the wire assistance. Then even the stuff that's done with wire assistance still takes a lot of athletic ability and you see his incredible flexibility and this and that but then there's other kicks like basic roundhouse kicks which he doesn't do very well which it's, yeah it's it's so odd it's, right there there's some sequences that just like he he almost looks like scott atkins or gary daniels on screen with his kicks and then all of a sudden there's a roundhouse kick and it's like okay i know visually it's right but it's like he's carrying the power and releasing the power at the wrong point so it just doesn't right you don't necessarily buy them very well put and uh, then they obviously have him seeming to do a very kind of traditional Kalari style, which actually is very reminiscent of Tony Jaws close range stuff in uh, Tom Yum Gung, a lot of like the elephant on the trunk thing, as they call mm-hmm. it, a lot of the elbows. So a lot of the times he's doing these flowy sequences where he has like elbows and one hand down. So it's I think it's supposed to be kind of a more traditional style of Kalari, which would make sense. And of, of course, are we ready to go? Like, I'll let you continue. Oh, no, you, no. You bring, you bring up Tony Jaw. I mean. Oh, yeah. There's going to be, there's a lot of Tony Jaw references. We'll get to those here okay. shortly. But we should mention, so then the the contrast, and I think it makes a good contrast for this really hard, strong, stocky, like bodybuilding looking antagonist to our protagonist, Tiger Shroff, who has some of the most beautiful kicks you've ever seen. He, yeah. so obviously, as we said, Taekwondo background, I had read early in his career with his first big action movie, Hiro Panti, he did a bunch of flexibility training, which would just okay. explain why he's just so flexible, but he kicks like 80s era Van Damme because there's I know. a balletic quality to his oh kicks. My, yeah. So it's like, as I was saying, like at, at points watching this film, it's it's like watching Scott Atkins and Gary Daniels and 
now that you're now that you're shifting over to like 80 cells van dam it's like all three of them are being channeled through the through these two gentlemen and the and you know they're kind of like trading where they're kicking i right. mean the reason i i would actually go as far as to say and this is a bold statement that his kicks may be even more aesthetically pleasing in this style than say Scott Atkins or Gary Daniels is because he's got long legs. Yeah. And I'm watching and, and, and him with, with Jessica at one point and she's like, his legs are so long. And, so I'm, I, I was almost wondering if, is he was, if he was wearing those like jeans that Chuck Norris used to advertise back in the eighties, because <laughs> he's doing these like almost full split kicks in jeans. And I'm like the, the it's, it's the lines are fantastic. It's actually you know, now that we're talking about it, it reminds me of the conversation we had when we were talking about the like the top ten kickers, and you brought up uh, Daniel Bernhard. Yes, the lines are phenomenal. Yeah, he's, and that's why I say the balletic quality because a lot of his like jump kicks and stuff are that would they be the most functional in real life? Absolutely not. You don't need to be stretched out like that. But the fact that he's able to do it and jump so high and be like a ballerina, and I mean that in the best way, when we finally get to see him cut loose at like the 45 minute mark and just start kicking dudes, he's it's the kind amazing. of guy you can just watch kick all day and, long. And you know, this, this is where we should probably just take a, a a brief moment and pause and say, it's great to see a film with kicks like these that clearly had a little more time to shoot it, find it from, find the right angle, the editing, the, 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 the stop motion, the full speed, the slow motion, just every production quality that goes, that went into this film, particularly to capture these action sequences was fantastic. I can't, I can't think of any scene that wasn't shot, uh, as well as a, 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 like at this caliber for the entire film uh, that's coming out right now without major reliance on CG, yeah. CGI. And a lot of times with these action films or Bollywood action films when it comes to the martial arts, there's a lot of wire assistance with a lot of the action stars. But it, you can comfortably say that with at least all the kicking stuff, there is no wire assistance and none needed. And Tiger Shroff has not only the flexibility of Van Damme, he has that same aerial jump as he did. Uh, and that's why it's very reminiscent of like even the helicopter kicks Van Damme did in Bloodsport, uh, Kickboxer, a lot of those early films. Now, we should segue into uh, the, the, the last act of the film, which is completely set in Thailand because mm-hmm. our bad guy, Ragoff, has, you know, fled to Thailand. He ru- operates like a Asian wide underground fight league in all these different countries. They talk about, you know, black market fights and this and that. And he's like pretty much a kingpin. He's untouchable. The police can't touch him. And of course he lives in a giant, big giant, or I said giant twice. He lives in a giant, giant, warehouse. Big, giant, giant, yes. big, giant warehouse, a la the raid. It even looks like the one yes. in the raid kind of definitely. And there's other elements that this is where we start getting, you can maybe call them homages. You can maybe call them redos or you can maybe call it ripping off, but you the, know, that's not for us to say, you know, it's, it's like the chase sequence. So we were talking about the chase sequence. Yeah, so we were talking about the chase sequence. Sorry, we and had some technical difficulties there. But wait, real, real, real quick. So we should say it's set in Thailand. He's now gone to Thailand to try to rescue Sia. And this mm-hmm. is where, once again, it switches over to kind of a nonstop action movie. Yes, unfortunately, we have a very uh, annoying comical relief with uh Yeah. Uh oh, what's it is I think it's uh is it Sanji Mishra who plays uh 
Harry. I think that's right. Yeah, the the taxi driver who he's popped up in other movies. He's in one of my other favorites called Boss, an Akshay Kumar one. But unfortunately, he's kind of, you know, like an obnoxious uh, taxi driver type yeah. character. So it, it's it's you know, I'm not adverse to having comedy in, in films. And like right. this 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 one you kind of brush off. It's something you can brush off. It does it does cause a hiccup here or there, but there is a chase uh, a foot chase sequence that is opens up almost shot for shot like Ongbox, where it's basically the opening is basically shot for shot right out of Ongbok, where he's, you know, our protagonist is Ronnie is with two characters. They cut one way, he cuts another way. Now from there on it isn't shot for shot because you as 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 kinetically engaging and as and exciting as Tiger is he is not Tony Jaw, and Tony Jaw is not Tiger. You nailed it. Like I, my notes say, so yeah, it, it's a total ripoff of the chase foot chase sequence. But Tiger Shroff is not the stunt man that Tony Jaw is, so that limits their version of this scene. On top of that, Tiger Shroff is much thicker, so he literally yes. is physically incapable of jumping in between or underneath or through the same sort of things Tony Jaw would have been in his prime when he was super lean. Yes, so it. It's it's funny because I'm as I'm as I'm watching it, you know, I actually pause the film. I go back and watch the Tony Tony Jaw sequence just to 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 be able to compare live the shot for shot aspect as well as what what is new and what isn't. And I'm thinking, you know, Tony Jaw it was an extension of what he was doing in Ongbak, an extension of Jackie Chan. And right. Tiger is, you know, we already felt I already felt like he was doing a little bit of Dragon's Lord, Jackie Chan early in the film. It's it's nice to see the progression of action and someone carrying that mantle in in a way that gives cinematically credit to the predecessor, Jackie Chan, to yeah. Tony Jaw. And not saying that Tony Jaw and Jackie Chan are dumb by any means. It's just somebody who's picking up where where they were at one point in their careers and now elevating to uh onto their own path. Yeah. So that's what that that's what that chase sequence meant to me. It was like it's not Tony Jaw. He's not jumping through a small hole of bar, uh, uh, barbed wire uh, because of the size element and also because he's a different person. But it was also felt connected to Project A, felt ah. connected to Ongbach. It was really it was really a nice moment for me. I can dig it. And so we should mention that the whole reason this chase sequence happens is the bad guys discover they're there because the previous sequence also ripped off from Ongbok. They go to an underground mm-hmm. fight club. The guy who's been beating everybody up there played by, did you catch who that was? I, I saw who it was. Is Ron uh, Smorenberg from Who Am okay. I? Who's had a career in Thailand now for, I think he's been there for like from the last the, from two the, years, from two from decades. The rooftop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He looks a lot different now. Uh, he still he, an incredible he, martial artist. But once again, directly ripped off from Ongbok. He comes at Tony Jaw and Tony Jaw puts him down, or excuse me, and Tiger Shroff puts him down with one kick, just like in Ong Bok. So once again, we have that reference. It goes into the chase sequence, which is very much an homage to, uh, and you, you got to give Tiger credit because he does a lot of incredible stuff in the sequence. He does. He's just not physically capable of doing a lot of the same stunt work. And, and instead, he so he they, is- they do, like, as you said, the Jackie Chan things. He hops over the fence. Like, he mm-hmm. electrocutes the guys. Kind of more Jackie Chan-esque yeah. type elements where it's like, hey, I can't do maybe some of the same physical stunt work due to my size, so I'll so do some... Gonna- comical stuff so yeah, anyway i'm gonna shift from here to here here and it's, it's it's and he's he's probably one of the few action stars who's able to shift between 
the worlds of Tony Jaw and Jackie Chan. So it's re- it yeah. was really fun to see. Yeah, I agree. So eventually, uh, Ronnie's able to rescue Sia, but then they're captured again. She's mm-hmm. taken back to the lair. Uh, so Ronnie has to come back and have a final showdown. This is like the 20-minute finale that we have. And first of all, as I said, the building is just like the raid. Uh, the yes. ascending up the different levels <laughs> is very much like Tom Yum Gung, uh, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the protector with Tony Jaw. Then, so right out the gate, he's just fighting all the guards. This is where we get a lot of the great martial arts stuff. I- even the the whole set design is very much the raid. It looks like mm-hmm. the building from the raid that, that can't be denied. And, and they, they allude, the moment we see the, the house earlier in the film, if you're familiar with martial arts films, you know it's going to happen. They, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've teased it for us. So uh, this is where Tiger gets to shine. He's throwing his amazing kicks. He gets to do, I mean, a lot of, not just kicks, like some throws and this and that. And it's hard hitting. It's violent. It's bone breaking uh, as he's ascending. Then like we have another direct reference to the raid where one of the guys manages to finally hit the alarm on the wall and let everyone know that. Uh, Ronnie is in the building. So at this point, because there's all the security cameras, just like with the raid, it's like, hey, he's in here. Whoever captures him gets the money. At one point, he's hiding inside of a wall, just like the raid. They start mm-hmm. poking the knife through, just like the raid. So that's, I mean, you can't call that an homage. That's like straight up ripping off the raid. Uh, yeah, and and you know, it's funny is like as we watch martial art films and action films throughout throughout times, particularly in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, we would see sequences. In Hong Kong films that appear in Western films and vice versa. So it this is something that it's I don't want to say it's it's right to steal, but it's it's common and it's you know, they're they're nuggets for folks like our listeners who watch a lot of martial art films to be able to it's you know, a great callback. Yeah. Most definitely. And then so we're getting all these incredible fight sequences, amazing kicks. At one point, Sia escapes, and it, it was shown in one of the uh, like flashback sequences that Ronnie had trained her uh, briefly. Yeah. So she's pretty good; she can fight, uh, and so she gets to throw down. She looks good; she does a good job. But I mean, obviously, Tiger Shroff is where we want to see yeah. the action. He gets some great one on ones. He gets some great group stuff. He gets some hard hitting, like you know, pile driving a dude and his head goes through a table. Very. And I, sometimes I, with Bollywood action, I, I always appreciate it because they always, the ingenuity, uh, ingenuity and creativity is always at the highest level, but it doesn't always come off as authentic here. We're getting some real solid, hard hitting action where you're believing what's being shown in front of you. I will say that throughout this whole raid sequence, uh, there's one moment where it starts to feel like Kiss of the Dragon where Jet Li is fighting the two twins in the office space. And ah, I can dig it. You know, it's just it's it's like there's an element of everything. And what what I do like about Bollywood is rather than thinking, let's restrain ourselves a little bit. It's <laughs> let's go to the other side of the limit. And there's something you can appreciate about pushing really like going beyond going beyond that 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 yellow light the 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 lights turned yellow you're a car length behind the intersection and you're still going through that's that's how this that's how i see this film <laughs> i like, and like that yeah the light's turning red halfway through but you're you, you've made it to the other side yeah uh and then so he gets through like and then he has his first showdown with the main henchman played mm-hmm. by well-established Thai stuntman, action choreographer, mm-hmm. and actor Kazu Patrick Tang, who has the most ridiculous 
ridiculous wig. I don't know why they gave him that wig. And he's also definitely dubbed uh, because his character, he's supposed to be from China. And so they have him a dubbed English voice for him. Like, you know, now we do Chinese fight. It's it's just kind yeah. of because the, the thing is, I've heard uh, he was the one of the antagonists of one of my all-time favorite action films, Bangkok Knockout. So I've heard his oh, voice yes. and I've heard him speak English also in that film a little bit. That's definitely not his voice. He's dubbed. He has a ridiculous like wig that's this straightened hair. Once again, Jessica saw that sequence with me and she's like, why does he have that terrible wig on? And I was I like, know. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder if that's like the actors, like I, <laughs> like he talked as, you know, this is one of those yellow light sequences, like, hey, we're going to drive through and no, oh, we didn't quite make it. Well, but- who cares? And I also don't know if it was to like, quite frankly, I don't know if they thought that would make him look more Chinese. Now, I don't know his. So I do know he's Thai. He's from Thailand, but it is possible maybe he is Chinese. His last name is Tang or Tong. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about his background. Uh I do know that obviously he's a martial artist. He's done like uh, that film Raging Phoenix, which also had like some breakdance type stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I know people that have worked with him before uh, and I've heard nothing but good things. But and so he's great in the sequence. It's just the, the ridiculous wig just makes it hard sometimes yeah, you, to you watch. Just, you have to look past the wig and all in all his scenes. But yeah, his 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 fight sequences are fantastic. Yeah. And so they get their fight. They get their fight. Obviously, Ronnie wins, which brings us to the finale where him and Sia decide to confront Rogoff together. And like their previous fight in the film, Rogoff is at first kicking Ronnie's butt. Ronnie lands a shot or two, mm-hmm. but Rogoff pretty much has him defeated on the ground. But that's when Rogoff makes the classic mistake of revealing that he killed his master. I know. And it also, the, there's a great line in that sequence as well where... You don't become a champion after a few months, just a few months of training, which, of course, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the line. But there, there, there are every time they take a pause, there's a great line like just peppered throughout the great lines peppered throughout this film. But yeah. Yes. Then he reveals then, of course, he that he was know. the one that killed the master, which, oh, mistake, because Ronnie's like, wait, what? And then he starts to embody the master and starts doing his poses, which yes. distracts Rogoff because he literally starts seeing his dad as Ronnie. Uh, they do some kind of superimposing type stuff and obviously having the actual actor stand in. And of course, uh, oh, and we should mention real quick, there's also kind of a Steven Seagal type moment with uh, Ronnie breaking all of uh, the previously yes. mentioned Pat- uh, Kazu Patrick Tang's like arms and limbs. So it just goes to show because, I mean, it's cool and all, but nobody does as good as Seagal. So once again, authenticity with the martial arts abilities like Seagal, when he was breaking people's bones, you're like, ah, this one, you're kind of like, OK, it's cool. Anywho, OK, back to the final fight. He eventually... You know, and now we're getting references to kind of Romeo must die slash the Street Fighter where uh, Ronnie's like breaking certain limbs and stuff. And it does the X-ray vision shot inside and showing Rogoff until uh, finally he just straight up kills him and he's dead. And then yeah. we get the finale of the movie, which is Sia and Ronnie returning to the Kalari school and Ronnie now taking over for the master and doing a final pose and then we of course get outtakes very Jackie Chan-esque so yeah. <laughs> I, I think I mentioned all yes all of the direct martial arts references I had I'm sh- from specific films I'm sure there's more but yeah that's this film in a nutshell so let's wrap this uh, up how, how would you grade this film 
I would give it a solid B. It's very entertaining. Now, we should yeah. mention there's also three musical sequences. The first one, the chum, 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 is very much yeah. the style where it's part of the narrative. It's done at the train mm-hmm. sequence. Then we have two of what I like to call the music video ones, which totally yes. jump out of the narrative. They jump, they're like in the beach, then they're in the mountains, then they're at a park. These are very common, especially in the romantic elements of Bollywood films. They completely take you out of the movie and they're straight up like music videos. Whereas the first musical sequence, which is great, is part of... You know, I hate to say the diegesis of the film, whatever, like it's happening there, but that's kind of what it's supposed to be. So I really enjoyed that first one. It's a great oh, Bollywood. The first one da- is really yeah. fantastic. The other two are not really dance sequences. They're like falling in love slash refalling in love. Yeah, so yeah. overall, I give the film a B. Uh, the martial arts, when they get going, are fantastic. Obviously not up to par with, say, the raid and stuff, but what mm-hmm. they lack in maybe choreography and delivery at some points, they make up for with Tiger Shroff's incredible athletic athletic abilities and his phenomenal kicking, which has to be seen to be believed. And if if someone doesn't think so, then you're not giving him enough credit for how incredible his flexibility and dexterity and everything else is. I completely agree. And I I go with a B as well. I would, I would actually probably go closer to B minus only because a only because there's one sequence where Tiger's character, Ronnie, gets so dark and does something really out of line when he shoots the gun. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, okay. And there's um, the annoying subplot with the blind taxi driver and his brother-in-law. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it becomes a harder film to recommend to anybody. Right. Because there is there is, of course, I char- characters do go through changes and there is there should always be openings for tone changes, but there's like a Tone change, then another tone, then another tone. Then yeah, let's go I mean, really the, dark. And then let's ignore the, how dark we went. Yeah. And then there's also the annoying father character. See his father played by Sunil Grover, yeah. Parish Prakash Kurana, a.k.a. PP. He's just obnoxious and annoying and totally. And that's never resolved how much of a scumbag he yeah. is. So, yeah, there's there's little things. And, you know, once again, certain genre expectations for people that are watch Bollywood films, not necessarily Kung Fu movies. But I feel like this is a really interesting film that definitely can be looked at as a kung fu movie due to the setup due to the storyline due to the martial arts obviously on display it it plays fast and loose when it comes to having homages slash Mm -hmm. ripoffs slash stealing from other films but once again i still think we get a very entertaining action picture absolutely might be a good one for people wanting to step into bollywood for the first time not to mention it is also only two hours long just over two hours (laughs) whereas most of these films run around three so you can watch it in one sitting and be totally comfortable but anyway my friend i know you have a time crunch so any final thoughts I, I, I'm glad you, you brought Bollywood back into my periphery Yeah, because this was a lot of fun. And to see like Bollywood Kung Fu kickboxing style was just, uh, unexpected and pure enjoyment. So even though I give it a B minus, it was pure enjoyment B minus. Yeah. Uh, and Shout out to all my other favorite Bollywood action stars, Vidyut Jamwal, who's another incredible current star with an insane physique, who actually is a real life Kalari Payatu expert. Oh, he started, cool. his mom was a master and he started learning at age four and you could watch his YouTube stuff. And he did an interesting action movie, which we can talk about. Uh, here shortly where I believe Andy Long Nguyen was actually the Ooh. fight choreographer. Really oh, like good. That. So well, that can be one we talk about. Uh, 
you know, Hrithnak Roshan, who I'm probably butchering his name. He's a star I love and has one of the most incredible physiques ever. But a shout out to my man Akshay Kumar, my favorite Bollywood star, Rowdy Rator. We'll have to do that movie one day. Anyways, hate to cut us off, but Gavin's got to get going. So thank Sorry, you guys. all for your support. No worries. And I will see you next time, my man. Talk soon. Peace. <laughs>